cherry, na na cherry pie, na 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 cherry, na 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 cherry pie, na 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 cherry, na 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 cherry pie, oh so good, na 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 na, oh oh sugar, na 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 sugar plum, na 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 sugar. Na 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 sugar plum, na 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 sugar, na 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 sugar plum, sweet as they come, na 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 na. I thought you had been recording. Well, I'm a dumbass sometimes and forget to hit the record button. That's okay. You're gonna miss all that great Goonies information. The Inferno is the pirate ship of One-Eyed Willie. Okay, well, he's like the main, that's the one whose treasure they're trying to find. Well, today we're going to find the treasure of a one-eyed willy, that's for sure. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, you, uh, you, the listener, have just missed out on a long conversation about deleted scenes in the Goonies. Yeah, specifically the octopus. Right, which uh, I wasn't aware of, but I was... I was never a huge Goonies guy. It's a good enough movie. Yeah, Goonies are good enough. Yeah, the Goonies are good enough. That's what Cindy Lauper told me. Yeah, that's the song that she did, done did. She done did for the Goonies. I guess it's in the credits. I don't remember it being in the film. I think Captain Lou Albano is in the video. Yes, I'm pretty sure he is. Is that her actual dad? He might be her adopted dad. Okay. I feel like they got to be related somehow. I think it all comes from the old uh, rock and wrestling connection of the mid '80s. Yeah, I don't. I know a little bit about it, about rock and wrestling. Uh, I mostly know about the Mario Show. <laughs> That's certainly one way to know about Captain Lou. Yeah, it's not like Super Horneo Brothers in the '90s with uh, alleged serial rapist Ron Jeremy. No, it's. It's a lot milder, I have to imagine, (laughs) overall. I remember I had a VHS tape with a couple episodes of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Yeah. So there are probably like two episodes that I've seen a whole lot of and not very many other episodes that I've seen at all. I think it's okay. I don't know if it adds much to overall to the Mario lore. (laughs) Um, In a way that you would need to go back and review it multiple times uh what's your favorite part of summer um let's see i like i don't know that i like summer that much Uh, do you say your favorite part of summer is the end of summer perhaps i mean there was one thing that i found myself particularly thankful for this past week uh, and that was for the summer camp girls yeah that's true. That's also the end. That's the end of summer. Yeah, so to celebrate the end of summer. Yeah, I got lost <laughs> in my thought. Uh, to celebrate the end of summer, we are talking about Summer Camp Girls today. Yeah. Uh, which is a 1980... You can ask me what my favorite part of summer was. Jeremy, what's your favorite part of summer? All the bees that swarm me when I take the trash out at work. <laughs> Is that an ongoing issue? It's become one. (laughs) The past week or so, they've all come out, and they just love garbage. Well, I can understand that. Yeah. They're, uh, overall, they're pretty nice, but sometimes they chase me. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, then I'm just running around a parking lot and chased by bees. (laughs) (laughs) I saw this little bee on this box over here just now. And that made me think of all those bees. <laughs> <laughs> made you think about your friends from work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about Gary. Okay. So Gary Gravy. Oh, oh no. Gary Graver. I like to call him Gary Gravy, though. Uh, Gary Graver directed this. We know him as the uh, cinematographer for Orson Welles and of course also the director of Indecent Exposure of course 
And Gary's back to uh, lay a little love gravy on us today. <laughs> he is. He's, uh, he really ladles it out. <laughs> he sure does. Uh, and he introduces us to the summer camp girls, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. as we have intimated yes. already. Mm-hmm. Who are those summer camp girls? Well, uh, we've got Kimberly Carson as Veronica. All right. Tara Eyre as Carla. Sure. The uh, Veronica is the feisty uh, brunette. Yes. She's our, she's, I'm going to summarize their personalities as you named them. Okay. Uh, she's, always, she's always ready for a fight. Yeah. Ow. <laughs> she hit me. Uh, what about Carla? Carla is a walking, talking hunk of white trash. <laughs> who is also always looking for a fight. She sure is. And mysteriously always just around the corner when something's happening. Yes. Just ready to intrude. <laughs> uh, then we have our uh, lead in this film, uh, Shauna Grant from uh, The Young Like It Hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is Angela. Yes. Uh, Cortez. She's the daughter of a made man. Yes. She comes off as sweet and innocent, but deep down, she knows what she wants. <laughs> we have uh, Joanna Storm as Tammy and Danielle as Susie. They are blonde and stupid and horny as hell. Yeah, that's basically their entire character arc. Yeah. <laughs> but their persistence pays off, as we will see. Uh, we have an unnamed camper uh, played by Brooke Fields, uh, who is just listed as Girl with Fisherman. Okay, she's she's a babe who doesn't mind getting down and dirty with the man who's been wading in the water all day. <laughs> um, other supporting women who uh, aren't actually camp girls, I guess, but work with the camp are mm. uh, Janie Robbins as Marcy and Honey Wilder as Olga. Yeah, they're the no-nonsense leaders of the camp. Yeah. The sometimes nonsense leaders of the camp. <laughs> As we will see, Marcy is the one who, you know, she really leads the day-to-day. Yeah. And Olga is, uh, she's the queen bitch. Yeah, she she can be the disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. Who was the ballet teacher? Was that someone? Or was um, that Olga? I think... Olga was the one that was, like, doing the aerobicizing stuff. Yeah, I didn't mean ballet. Yeah, aerobicizing. Yeah, I think that was Olga. Okay, well, she likes to stay fit. Yeah. Uh, She's looking for a new man. Maybe. It doesn't come up in the film. (laughs) I'd like to think so. I'm reading into, like, the film a bit when I say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But don't forget the Boys of Summer as well. Oh, yeah. uh, As Brian Adams tried to tell us. Yeah. That was him, right? Yeah, definitely. Okay. It was Brian Adams and then um, some goofball pop punk band did a cover of it. I don't remember which one. Oh, yeah. I think I recall that being a thing. I remember hearing it, but I really can't remember if you know, uh, write in. <laughs> uh, but the boys of summer uh, include Herschel Savage as JD. Yes, he's a townie who wants something more. <laughs> uh, he's, but he's also still a bit of a low life. Yeah, um, and he feels stuck where he is. Yeah, but as you'll see, things can change for a nice Catholic boy. <laughs> the jerk. Um, we also have uh, Paul Thomas, part of the camp staff, as Greg. Greg is the is the put upon uh, chauffeur, handyman, uh, just general camp counselor of the girls' camp, Camp Quim. He uh, yes, is constantly pursued by all of the summer camp girls. Yep, uh, and that's all I'm going to say about that now. Will he okay. give in, or will he won't give in? <laughs> uh and then of course we have eric edwards as the fisherman yes he is a man who wades around in a river looking for fish yeah that's about as much as he's got um <laughs> he also uh, doesn't have a strong imagination by his own admission <laughs> um and Really, the uh, there's a few other people throughout here, but the only other one that I think is really worth 
putting a spotlight on yeah. before we talk about it is uh, Animal, played by Antonio Crab or Crabby. C R A B B E. Crab. He fucks like an animal. Just like Wasp <laughs> told us. Uh, maybe he does. Maybe not. He's a local dimwit and biker who you never see ride a bike. Local, oh, yeah. He's a wannabe tough guy and a wannabe Romeo. And a wannabe rapist. Well, yeah. <laughs> Aren't they all? Specifically oh, yeah. him. <laughs> um, and that's it. Those are... That's our camp roster for the year. They signed up, and now they're here for two weeks, and <laughs> they're not allowed to contact their parents or talk to anyone outside of the camp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're going to set them straight <laughs> here at Camp Raincoat. Oh, yeah. yeah. Camp Raincoat. Yeah. It's a, the youth organization that I'm starting. <laughs> Uh, well, it being a youth organization is definitely uh, concerning. No, the youth need more help than they're getting. <laughs> I consider myself a... What would be like a patriot, but for children? <laughs> well, I think it's worth mentioning that it is specifically stated here that to go to Camp Quim, you have to be 18 years of age or older. That's true. Uh, but this is Camp Raincoat. Oh. All right, well, uh, I think we need to have a talk with our lawyer, so let's go ahead and take a quick break here, and we'll be back to talk more about summer camp girls. Come on, girls! Enough of this fooling around now! Let's get trash time! make a lot of gross sounds well don't put them in the show this time <laughs> okay <laughs> well uh we're back here on the raincoat report and we're talking summer camp girls today yeah we are gonna talk right about them jeremy just got done looking at his phone I was looking now he's and now he's going to grant me his uh attention i'm, I'm dazed oh yeah How, when did you wake up today not too early, but oh, okay. I'm just dazed. Oh, okay. That's fair. I hit my head. Oh, that's unfortunate. No, I didn't actually hit my head. Oh, I don't that's have an good. Ex- I don't have an excuse for being dazed. Oh, okay. Uh, well, anyway, <laughs> Summer Camp Girls opens with a shot of a nice big house and some yeah. uh, back and forth yelling. Yeah, just a real shout and match to set the tone. Uh, yes. Uh, we hear a daughter arguing with her father about uh, going somewhere. She says, I won't go. And in response, the voice yells back, the hell you're not. Now get packing. So we get some credits over some arguing. And then we finally get some more information that tells us that she's being sent to Camp Quim for the summer. Yes, yeah, she is. But uh, as this is going on, we get our uh, theme song, mm-hmm. which is something about Cherry Pie, but it's not the Warrant song. No, I think it's called Cherry, and it's by Johnny and the Marvins. Oh. I had the, this one had closed captions on it, so I put them on. Uh, Excellent. I think that's what the song was called. All it, right. Yeah. Johnny and the Marvins. <laughs> Marvin and the Martians. Yeah, I will listen to them. <laughs> uh, the credits credit the director as Robert McCollum We cut to a shot of the Camp Quim office And Paul Thomas pulls up This is of course Greg Who is uh, one of the employees here Yes, uh, played by Mr. Paul Thomas Yes uh, We see Greg, Paul Thomas's character Being harassed by some of the uh, campers who are Teasing him, trying to get his attention. Yes. 
It's at this point that Marcy comes up. She needs help finding a camper, and she tells him that Olga is on a warpath. Greg mentions he already has to explain how he lost a girl at the airport, but introduces Angela, the girl who did make it there, yes. to Marcy. Mm-hmm. So we meet Carla, who runs into Animal. Uh, Carla, again, is uh, Tara Air, mm-hmm. and she's looking for her man, but Animal's uh, being gross and spitting and not being helpful. Yeah. I, um, I like him. He is impeding her from going into this cabin that they're standing outside. Yeah, it's like a work garage kind of deal. He's yeah, it's more of a, a probably like a a, a cabin sized shed, really. Yeah, I guess maybe I said it already, but he's the handyman, old JD. Yeah, yeah. And animal just hangs around because I assume he has no job or anything to do. Yeah. Yeah. He's a general miscreant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carla then forces her way into the building, and we meet JD, again, uh, Herschel Savage. Carla is giving him a hard time because he's been fooling around with other girls. Uh, he yells at her and calls her a bitch and tells her to cut it out or he's going to get rough with her. She tells him to go ahead, and so he throws her onto the bed and wrestles with her a bit. Meanwhile, Animal is peeking through a crack in the wall and watching from outside. I like it. I'm a fan of Animal. <laughs> I can relate. We cut to Carla blowing JD. Uh, he's talking her through it. One of the things that happens a lot in this film is there is a lot of... Uh, a lot of dirty talk. Dirty talk and... And coaching people through yeah. sex acts and stuff like that. There's a couple scenes where it doesn't happen, and they're kind of uh, they they don't stand out necessarily like as mm-hmm. sex scenes, but they stand out for the lack of that little touch. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think that this film benefits from this. Mm-hmm. It makes the uh, scenes interesting. Yeah, it puts more into it, and the sex scenes I think in this movie are generally pretty well shot to really well shot. Yeah. Uh, there aren't any bad ones, I would say, throughout. Like, anything that I would cut out sex-wise. Yeah, I think it was solid. He tells her he wants her to make his dick wet, and uh, and also tells her to cool it off. Yeah. Uh, to uh, encourage her. Yeah, he's giving her mixed messages. Animals watching outside, humping the air. Uh, JD goes down on Carla, uh, but he keeps calling her a bitch and roughing her up. Yeah, he says bitch like more than freddy krueger usually does (laughs) (laughs) he uh tells her to sit still and then finally he mounts her uh for missionary sex and animals still getting into it from outside uh they switch to doggy and then she climbs up on a set of shelves and then he gets behind her and tells her to fuck him yeah they Uh, are both sweating at this point and i'm like you also pause and turn that box fan in the corner on (laughs) (laughs) they really are getting real sweaty in this scene i'm glad the shelves didn't collapse too that was also a concern i had (laughs) uh he fucks her on a tool bench and then he picks up some weird spike and asks her if she wants him to put that in her yeah she's like no and then takes it from him (laughs) (laughs) she's like no but she keeps telling him to fuck her He keeps at it and pulls out and comes on her stomach. She wipes up some cum and goes to wipe it on him, but he tells her to cut that shit out. Uh, We see Animal outside, and he's approached by Marcy, who is making her way to the cabin. Animal stops her long enough for JD to come out. He says that he was showing Carla proper tool handling. Marcy threatens to tell Olga and that she can fire him, and she has Carla and JD follow her away from the cabin. So at this point, we cut to Angela, who meets up with Tammy and Veronica, mm-hmm. two of the other summer camp girls. Yes. I think maybe uh, Susie's around, too. Yeah, I think she's on the. She's just floating on a raft. She yeah. doesn't introduce herself in this scene. Got it. 
Veronica says that it's like prison. The only requirements are that your dad's rich and you're over 18. So that's where they threw in that line to uh, just be like, hey, hey, everybody's an adult here. Yeah, this is a camp for troubled young adults. (laughs) Right. Angela says that, amongst other things, that her family is religious and from Sicily. Uh, It's here that we get the implication that uh, her dad's a connected man. Yeah. Uh, Tammy's complaining, and Veronica says it's because her vibrator gave out. Angela asks them about Greg, and they tell her to forget about him, because every girl in camp already tried. We see JD and Animal show up with Marcy. Veronica tells JD to go to hell. (laughs) JD makes it known that he's interested in Angela here, asking her name and everything. Veronica tells him to get out of there. Animal threatens to kick their asses, but Olga shows up and kicks him in the face. Yes, that was good. It's a nice, solid, uh, like, high kick. Uh, she tells them to get dressed and ready for class, and class appears to be some sort of aerobicized, dancer-sized, 80s thing outdoors. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all in their 80s uh, tights and such. Uh, yeah, some bikinis, like some leotard sort of looking things. Yeah, da- dancing aerobically to... Bizarre synth pop song. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, it's got a very, like, Casio beat with some kind of like, I think sort of like pitched vocals. It's a bizarre little tune. <laughs> Yeah. Um, they're wearing uh, leotards or swimsuits that have no hose or leggings, so we're just getting a lot of uh, crotch shots and butt shots, lots of squatting. Um, at least one of the girls' tits fall out because these outfits were not made for active wear. No, not at all. One of the girls falls and says she can't continue, and Olga says that they're being lazy today and finally tells them they'll take a break. It's at this point that Carla gets in Angela's face, telling her to stay away from her boyfriend, who she's not really shown any interest in yet, other than just answering questions briefly Mm -hmm. by poolside. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) Veronica's ready to fight. Yeah, that's what I said earlier. Veronica's always looking for the fight. She gets involved, and it breaks into a scuffle that ends with multiple girls topless and a couple being thrown into a pool. Yeah, I think by the end, maybe there's one girl who has a top left on. (laughs) Marcy shows up and is all upset, and she calls off exercise for the rest of the day and sends them back to their cabins. Then we see Greg, who is uh, setting up some sort of catering uh, with uh, some long hot dogs. I would say over foot longs. Mm-hmm. Maybe two foot longs, foot and a half longs. They're very long and very thin hot dogs. Yes. Uh, the symbolism is obvious, though. Yes. I don't really... Is that what they're eating at camp? Uh, I think so. Just feeding the students just like a whole like kielbasa like sausage yes well the students the campers yeah that's what they're called they're not allowed to chew them no they're not <laughs> they have well, to swallow them whole it's gonna suck them down yeah like a crazy vacuum like a <laughs> like slurping up spaghetti yeah just like slurping up a spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> uh but two of the campers, I believe it is uh, Susie and Tammy, yes, these. show up. <laughs> they start fondling him, and he tells him them to stop and go back to their cabins. He doesn't want to lose his job. He says he doesn't want to get fired, so one of them takes off her top, and the other takes off her, as she describes it, designer G-string. Yeah, it got mustard on it. Um, yeah. <laughs> One of them says that they got burned, so he goes to look, and she grabs his hand and uh, puts it on her crotch, and he pulls away. Uh, but as he's doing that, the other one pulls down his pants, and he pulls his pants back up and storms off. He was not here for the uh, horseplay. No, he's very strict on horseplay. I thought all the girls were supposed to be in their cabins. They were supposed to be. They snuck out. They're so disobedient. He told them to go back to their cabins, but they wouldn't listen because they're bad girls. Yeah. They're going to get spanked for it. They better. Oh, they will. We cut to Greg working out. 
Uh, he's approached by Marcy and she says that she heard he was quitting and he doesn't really want to talk at first, but he ends up talking about while nothing happened, it almost did. And he's worried that it could. He said that he took the job thinking he could be surrounded by these women, but he just couldn't. Marcy tells him he's only a man. She's wearing an open button-up shirt, by the way. Yes. Very, uh... Uh, With nothing on under it. Yes. She was just passing through. Right? She was ready for bed. She's dressed down. Uh, no, he has like a full monologue in this. Yeah. About his blue balls. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Paul Thomas deserves uh, whatever the Oscar is. Not even like an AVN. He deserves something like above it in a way. Yeah. He just deserves an Oscar. He deserves, yes. Give this man an Oscar. What won the Oscar in 1983? I'm going to look it up. Okay. You tell them. All right. And then we'll figure out if they deserved it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna look at least best actor, and then I'll go from there. So she climbs up on some gymnast bars and starts to spread her legs and open her shirt a bit, and they start making out and caressing. She's wearing panties, but he reaches down and starts to rub her through her panties. He said he needed that so badly. All those little girls teasing him. Again, they're adults. Yeah, but they're little to him. He's much. You know, he's older. We'll say sure. he's using it colloquially. Colloquially. Yes. Uh, it was Richard Attenborough for Gandhi for Best Actor in 1983. No, not against Paul Thomas. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Sorry, buddy. A, you're not even Indian. <laughs> and that's really about it. And you didn't... He was on like a hunger strike. He wasn't not fucking. And I can relate more to, you know... To the not fucking part than to the not eating part. Yeah. Um, I can't relate to being, like, oppressed by the British. To be fair, we did see Paul Thomas play an Indian recently. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he should have got the Oscar for that one over Richard Attenborough, too. Yes, he should have. It was several years earlier, but they should have brought it up to contention this year. Yeah. I'm going to have a word with those folks at the... Academy. You should. You should go to the Academy. Where is it? What's the address? Uh, I'll look it up. I'm going to look it up. Okay. You tell me about this movie. (laughs) She tells him to pretend like it's one of those girls and treat her like she wants to treat them. (laughs) It's in Hollywood. That makes perfect sense. (laughs) I I figured as much. Maybe it would be like in Des Moines. I don't know. (laughs) He pulls her panties aside and starts to go down on her. She says, I bet you made those girls hot, don't you? I bet you make their little pussies wet. <laughs> Again, these are adults. I know. Uh, <laughs> I just feel the need to reiterate that every time something weird like that said. You're like uh, like D and Always Sunny when they're doing that musical and just to sing that song about the little boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You have to constantly restate your objection. (laughs) We see him laying on a weight bench with a barbell across him, and then Marcy's blowing him. Uh, She's talking to him about the girls still. Um, He talks about how they tease the fuck out of him and drive him crazy, uh, but says that they can never do it as good as you can. She says she bets he'd like to check them out and see. Uh, He then... Bends her over another piece of gym equipment and starts to fuck her from behind. I think it's like the pummel horse. Okay. She's oh, well, she's really getting pummel horsed here. Yeah, she is. She lays back on it and he starts to kiss across her chest and go down on her. And then uh, he starts to fuck her on it as she's laying her back on it. He leans in and tells her that he wants to come by having her stroke him hard so that he can come on her tits. We see her riding him cowgirl on the floor, and then he has her sit back and get off of it and start to stroke it. He has her get some lube gel yeah, to keep it uh, nice and lubricated, of I course. I think she should have powdered her hands up with the stuff they like use before <laughs> they do like the uneven bars or handstands or whatever. <laughs> I think that's the opposite. No, it's fine. It'll be good. Okay, I'll take your word for it. It'll be nice and chalky. <laughs> Uh, She finishes him off and they kiss. 
Then we see the next camp event where the girls are all together on bikes. Veronica's talking, saying something about them being on the road to adventure and romance. Angela doesn't know what this means, and neither does Susie or me. Yeah, there's no plan here. So we see them biking down a road a bit, and then we see them taking a break off of their bikes in a field. We see Angela sitting on a bench, and she's approached by JD, who's carrying some flowers. He's trying to be sweet towards her. He admits that he was a jerk yesterday and apologizes and says that he thinks he could be different if he was able to get out of here, talking yeah. about the camp. Yeah, I think he's just talking about his whole towny life. Yeah. Never went to college or nothing and just stayed in his little town that's economy is attached to this camp. <laughs> I'm glad I don't live near a summer camp. <laughs> He mentions that she must have been a lot of places, but Angela says that this is the furthest she's ever been from home. She says that her dad brought her everything to her, teachers, servants, the whole bit, but she was never allowed to go out and do anything on her own. As they're talking, we cut to Carla, who finds JD's car pulled over somewhere. Cut back, and Angela asks JD if he meant what he said about her being pretty. He says he does. She asks if Carla is his girlfriend, and he says no. He's never going to see her again, just as Carla shows up. <laughs> yeah, told you. Carla says that he tries this with everyone. Uh, Angela realizes the conflict here and says she has to go and takes off. Carla tells JD that Angela is out of his league, and JD says to Carla that he's out of Carla's league. We see the girls get back on the bike trail, and uh, as they're biking down, they spot a fisherman. Yeah. Uh, waiting and uh, casting his rod. Don't they all, like, hop on their bikes, like, before, like, their, like, instructor or Marcy or whoever can get on hers? They just, like, all ride off. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That's why she seems to lose track of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, I don't think I caught that detail, but you're right. It's okay. It's going to end up, like, picnic at Hanging Rock, and one of these girls is going to go missing. <laughs> They'll never find her. <laughs> So, it's at this point that Brooke Fields' character, who's just a girl with fishermen. Yes. Uh, she tells the others to go on without her, as she has got her eyes on the fishermen. Yeah. So, the fisherman is Eric Edwards, who yeah. uh, walks into his trailer that's nearby, apparently. He starts to make coffee, but we see uh, our girl with fishermen uh, bust out of a curtain behind him. And uh, she's wearing a sheet wrapped around her and nothing else. And she's made coffee. And she has made coffee. He asks if he was out in the sun for too long or something, and he asks if she's real. And she says something about how the biggest problem in the world is that there's too much cheap fantasy and not enough real imagination. He says he's not worried if she's imaginary or not, but he likes what he sees. So we see her start to blow him. And then he goes down on her before starting to fuck her. She's laying back on his little trailer bed and he's standing next to it fucking her and leaning down to suck her tits. And he was like fly fishing. Yes. So he probably doesn't smell great. No, probably not. They're wading in the river, but that's what she, this girl with fisherman likes. Yeah. That's she her sole character trait. <laughs> And I love it. We get an exterior shot of the trailer rocking back and forth and his fishing pole outside gets knocked over. Yeah, it does. Uh, we see him pushing her legs back and really railing her before finally he pulls out and comes on her stomach. We then cut to the Bent Oak, which is a bar. Yeah, and uh, I had a Bent Oak by the time this one came around, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that you have a crooked penis? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. I got that thing that they have ads for on TV now. They'll oh, yeah. hold up like a pepper and it's all curvy. Yeah, yeah. My penis is a pepper. <laughs> it's shaped like a weird, it's just shaped like a curvy red pepper. It's uh, Peroni's disease. It's pepperoni's disease. Oh, yeah. Because it's red. <laughs> and you get it from eating too much pepperoni. I think so. <laughs> It gets all bloated from all the pepperonis that I <laughs> eat. 
Uh, so Veronica and Angela walk into the Bent Oak. Veronica mentions the two hot cowboys at the bar. Says that they can each have one or mix and match. They get up to the bar, but the bartender asks for their IDs. Uh, the guys tell the bartender to come on, and uh, Veronica throws a fit and starts to threaten the bartender. Then Angela asks if they can play pool, and the bartender says fine, whatever, and uh, says that he'll even get them cokes on the house, just as long as it de-escalates them. Yeah. This bartender, he doesn't have an easy time of it. No, he sure doesn't. I wonder if it's like this every day. That must be a rough time. Yeah, he should close up shop and move somewhere nicer. <laughs> Veronica tells Angela that they're not going to play pool. They're going fishing. So then we see Veronica bending over the pool table, sticking out her ass and putting her knee up on the table. Uh, we can almost see her pubes. Yeah. Uh, and the, There's some good shots. The cowboys are getting up. a peek of this. Hell yeah. One of the cowboys is Mark Wallace. He has that little thin mustache. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I believe he is known for. <laughs> uh, they switch off and Veronica talks Angela through doing the same. Uh, she's wearing these red orangish tights and uh, nothing else, so you get a good glimpse of her snatch from behind. Uh, it's at this point, though, that some bikers show up. Was Animal visible in this scene? He's there, but I'm not sure if... I think he showed up, yeah. Okay. He's got a shirt about how bikers get more head. <laughs> okay, yes. They apparently already know Veronica and don't like her. They make some threats, and then the cowboys from the bar show up to save the girls from these bikers that were apparently about to beat the shit out of them or something. But Veronica plays peacemaker between the cowboys and the bikers. Then she tells Angela to take off her top, which she does. Veronica tells them they came here to party, so everybody needs to settle down. She says that they could have some fun and encourages them to drink up. Says there's plenty to go around. Yeah, and the bartender just has to fork out however much alcohol they're going to drink. Yeah. <laughs> Angela pulls Veronica aside and tells her that she's not sure she's into this. There's so many of them. Veronica says she knows the way out of this. So she gets up and tells all the guys that there's a change of plans. She needs to make sure they're real men and not boys. And the last two standing are going to die from too much pussy. She then sits up on a pool table and tells Angela to go. So she leaves. And then a bunch of guys stumble toward her but ultimately yeah. fall down. Yeah, I thought they were just going to like whoever like the last man drinking was going to be. But they seem to be having a bar brawl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Finally, she tells the bartender to throw those guys out and lock the door because it's pussy time. So the final two guys are left. I believe it's one of the cowboys and one of the bikers. Mm -hmm. uh, she hits Animal in the head with a bottle. Oh, too, yeah. So that was cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we cut to her blowing the two guys. Then we cut to her blowing one of them who's laying on the pool table while the other one's fucking her from behind. Yeah, this is one of the sex scenes. It doesn't really have any dirty talk in it. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed that I was a little less engaged with this one than in some of the others, even I though I'd been wanting to see her have sex since the start of the film. <laughs> uh, so should have kept it up. Should have had some cowboy dirty talk. Yeah. Talk about hitting that old dusty trail and so forth. <laughs> Then we see one of them is fucking her on the pool table while the other one's caressing her breasts. The guy who's fucking her pulls out and comes on her tits and stomach. Then we cut to the other guy fucking her doggy style on the table. Then he lays her on the back on the table with her legs pinned up and then he finally finishes. There's no pop shot we see here. No. Uh, no wet shot. <laughs> no, there's no shots of any sort. But we cut to Olga and Greg talking. Olga is making him go find the missing girls. Apparently these girls that wandered off during the bike trip and haven't come back. Yeah, and it's the usual suspects. As this is happening, Olga takes a call and it's Angela's father. He's apparently on the way and is going to be there in two hours. And he's speaking a foreign language. <laughs> um, that's what the subtitle said, but I think it's just like fake Italian. Oh, I didn't hear anything on the... Uh, 
on the other end. On the other end. Like, uh, maybe there was... There was some gabagool. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there's some stuff like that. But, yeah. And then he's like, I'm going to rip your balls off. <laughs> or, no. I'm going to rip your tits out. Because it was a woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like the New York Ripper. <laughs> also oh, yeah. an Italian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Greg leaves to go deal with this situation. We cut to Susie and Tammy. They're in a barn. Apparently, it's been raining outside, so they ran into the barn for shelter. Sure, as you do. They're dry and they're full of hay. Yes, drying in the hay. Yeah, a roll in the hay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They undress to get warm because their clothes are wet, after all. Yeah, I like the feel of being naked after my clothes are wet. It feels nice. I feel like... (laughs) A little damp, but mostly dry. I feel like a salamander. (laughs) I just lay there and wriggle around in my bed. (laughs) Great. (laughs) (laughs) So they start to cuddle close to each other. Susie says, this is pretty nasty. But Tammy says, they're just staying warm. Susie asks if Tammy's ever done it with a girl. And she says no. But Susie does say that she's getting turned on here. Tammy tells her to just pretend she's Greg, and Susie says she wants to fuck Greg so bad. So they start to fondle each other. Tammy's rubbing Susie's clit, talking about how much Susie must want Greg's cock in her and all of that. Susie tells Tammy she wants her to do it to her. Tammy says she can't wait, can she? She says she has something for her, and then she pulls out a foot-long hot dog. Yeah, is it one of the ones from earlier, or is this more of a regular foot long? I think it's the same sort of long ones from earlier, so a foot and a half long, or two foot long, or whatever it is. It's a big old wiener. Big wiener. So she sucks on the end of that big wiener a little bit. Where was it? Was it like in her bag? I think so. And they're free? It's kind of like... She's just tumbling up. around. <laughs> yes, I think so. She's, I think it was just in her purse. She's sucking all the purse slime and <laughs> lint off of it. You know it was greasy when she put it in there, too, so there's all kinds of stuff stuck to it. Yeah. Well, there's a receipt on the end of it. <laughs> so she sucks on the end of it before pushing it into uh, her vagina and starting to slap her ass. Then uh, she starts to rub her clit and kiss her ass a bit, and then they transition into a 69. We then see Greg pull up in his car. It's not raining. He walks into the barn and catches the girls with each other. They're really embarrassed, and one starts to cry. He tells them not to cry, and then they start to laugh, because they are indeed not embarrassed. No, they're faking it. They're just excited to be teasing Greg now. Yeah, they're just little devils, little scamps. So he tells them that they're teases, and he should spank both of them. They apologize and uh, offer to let him spank both of them and fuck him. They encourage him to take off his clothes. And while he notes that he could lose his job, he clearly decided the job wasn't worth it. Yeah, this was worth the hassle of being fired. (laughs) So he spanks one a bit and starts to fuck her. And as he's fucking her, the other one does like a handstand on the floor in front of him so he's holding up her hips and eating her out from behind yeah they've created a powerful pyramid yes. of, of sexual energy so and then he starts to fuck that girl doggy style above the original girl that he was fucking doggy style one climbs on top of him reverse cowgirl and starts to ride him while working her clit uh, and then he fingers the other one who's standing above him, who's asking him to do specific things and talking dirty with him more. It's back. It's back. The dirty words I love. Uh, one rides him cowgirl while the other one's riding his face. And then we see both of them blowing him. He starts to fuck one of them uh, after the other pushes his cock into the other's vagina. Uh, and they're talking dirty finally he pulls out and comes on the girl's stomach tammy says see what you've been missing and then he says tammy you talk too much yeah and then paul thomas is covered in hay (laughs) hay and cum yeah we see animal and jd driving around this is at the point where i realized that animal was in the bar 
Because <laughs> he mentions uh, the situation there. They see Angela walking along the road and pull over. Animal tells her that she should go with them, but he's being unruly and, ho- and hollering and stuff. Uh, they offer her a ride officially, and she says no, despite the fact that apparently she's a couple miles away from where she needs to get. They pull away, and uh, JD and Animal keep talking, and finally they drive back, and uh, Animal pops out of the truck and snatches up Angela, and they take off. Yeah. But Carla's watching from the trees, and she is displeased by this. She's always there. <laughs> uh, I was like, oh, this movie's about to get dark when she got snatched real quick. Yeah. <laughs> We cut back to the camp office, and now Angela's dad, the uh, Italian mobster stereotype, is there. Yeah, with his uh, eye-patched minion. Oh, yes, he does have an eye-patched minion. <laughs> He's fuming that his daughter's missing after just being there 24 hours, which is fair. Although, I don't understand why he just left her for 24 hours and then came back. I guess he figured maybe she learned her lesson. Perhaps. They get a call from the police, and apparently they picked up Veronica and say something about a riot at a bar. Angela's dad grabs the phone and asks if Angela's there. He threatens to go down there and kick their asses and calls them pigs, which is fun. (laughs) One of the girls comes in and says that Animal and JD snatched up Angela. So Greg and the rest run off. Greg apparently knows where they went. So we see JD dropping off Animal out of his truck, who carries off Angela. JD takes off, but it's not long until he runs into Carla, who waves him down, and yells at him, asking where Angela is. She says she saw him pick her up, and he tells her that she's with Animal at the barn. She asks JD, so she'll fuck Animal, but not him? He says, not entirely. And then she says, he's raping her, and she takes such delight in this. Yeah, she's a sociopath. Uh, Yes, she indeed is. Yeah, uh, she needs to be at a different, like, kind of camp. Yes, she does. One where they can't get out. (laughs) (laughs) So JD finally has a moment of conscience and uh, turns around. Yeah, he didn't really seem to care until he realized how happy she was about it. (laughs) <laughs> like he just doesn't want her to be happy more than he doesn't want the girl than more than he doesn't want Angela to get raped. That makes sense. Yeah, he's very toxic and petty. He does seem that way throughout the rest of the film. So yeah, we see Angela topless and tied down, an animal laughing like a villain. JD comes in and tries to stop him, but Animal says something about how he and four guys at the bar deserved this. They're about to fight, and then Carla comes in yelling. JD finally pulls Animal aside and offers to trade him Carla for Angela. Yeah, it's a wife swap. (laughs) This is how men do things. Yeah, this is the new economy. (laughs) He ends up trading uh, Carla to Animal for sunglasses. (laughs) He ends up trading... Sorry, he ends up trading Angela He trades... Car- he trades Carla from being his girlfriend oh my God. to Animal in exchange for Angela, yeah. who Animal was otherwise going to rape. Yeah, and then also Animal gets sunglasses. Oh yeah, that's right. There that's, is there are sunglasses involved. Yeah, that sweetens the deal. <laughs> oh yeah, his Air Force sunglasses. He tells Animal that he's getting the best of the deal since JD's not even going to fuck Angela. So then Animal agrees once the sunglasses are thrown in. So he goes to snatch up Carla and she fights him a bit. But JD tells him she likes it rough. Carla punches him though and knocks him down. Yeah. He's got a glass jaw. JD comes over to Angela and is yelling at her saying she's a bitch and too much trouble. She's silent. He goes to untie her, but she says not to. She says, First you want me, then you don't. I've been trapped all my life. I'm so tied up inside, these ropes don't mean anything. Yeah. (laughs) But she says, I need you. Uh, We cut away to a car driving down the road. Then we cut back to Angela and JD naked. Angela's still tied up and they're making out. She asks to see it, so he climbs up by her head and uh, presents his cock and tells her to touch it. 
then tells her to just kiss the head with her lips, and she does. Then he tells her to lick the bottom of the head, and then to put the head in her mouth. So he keeps coaching her through it, and then he finally mounts her. More dirty talk about how tight it is and all that. Yeah. Uh, she finally asks him to untie her, and then he has her turn over and starts to fuck her doggy style. He finally pulls out and comes on her ass and back, and then leans down to kiss her head and neck. Then we cut to a car careening down the road again, and it's at this point that Greg, Angela's dad, Marcy, and the eyepatch henchmen show up. Dad tells everyone else to leave, and seems like he's about to murder JD, because he's naked with his daughter. Yeah. JD starts to do the sign of the cross, and Dad notices. He asks why, and JD says he's Catholic. But uh, Angela's dad is excited by this, and asks if he likes the numbers, the rackets. He says, oh, I know, I can give you the casino as a wedding present. Angela says, oh, Dad. And then we cut to credits. Yeah, and um, now (laughs) JD's in the mob. Now JD's in the mob. He's in the mob, and that's... Where he picks up later in Trashy Lady. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It all connects. They're all just one movie. That makes sense. Yeah. It's it's one cinematic universe. Yeah, it's all tied together. Beautiful. Yeah. Constellations in the sky can never rival the beauty of the pornomatic universe. (laughs) Well, that's as good a time any for us to take a break. So uh, let's uh, take a break and we'll be back to give our thoughts on... Summer Camp Girls. So what's your take on Nicki Minaj's cousin's friend with the swollen testicles? That guy? Yeah, we talk sometimes. Cool. Yeah. He said they're huge. Excellent. That's good to know. They're bigger um, they're bigger than Jesus down there. <laughs> <laughs> and, Excellent. And Trinidad. <laughs> People come to them and rub them for luck. <laughs> but he cries out because they're so tender and swollen. <laughs> So we don't have a lot of time to talk anymore. That's sad. People are always rubbing his genitals. And the constant <laughs> irritation isn't helping the swelling go down. <laughs> All right. Well, we're back on the Raincoat Report to talk about summer camp girls. And uh, this is as good a time as any for me to throw things over to our Raincoat reviewer himself, the critic of smut. Mm-hmm. Jeremy. Jeremy, do it. Okay. Hello again. Welcome back to the Raincoat Review, where I watch Boss eat a fruit bar or a granola bar. It's pretty crunchy sounding. But as for Summer Camp Girls, I found this to be a delightful film. Yes. It was a tour de force of sex and comic rompery. (laughs) <laughs> around the not quite so summer camp summer camp it wasn't quite a summer camp i'm going to say that to begin with yeah it wasn't quite it was, it was a camp for troubled girls disguised as a summer camp yeah the only activity is biking around and fucking and fucking which is not what they're there to do so maybe their parents need to watch this movie and see what their money's going to. (laughs) But as for you... It's a cautionary tale for parents. (laughs) Yes. But as for you, dear listener, I think you should watch this film for other reasons. It is a very well-made piece of smut. It features not a huge name cast, necessarily, like with the girls. Like, I don't know most of them. Obviously, Shauna Grant. 
but the others I don't think we've covered too much with most of them yet. Yeah, not not so much. Shauna um, like, Grant is yeah. notable, but the rest of the cast, they may be notable, but they haven't come up on... Uh, yeah, in the Raincoat Report yet, so yeah. they're, they're out of my scope. Uh, Paul Thomas delivers an Oscar-worthy performance. Yeah, we were this. discussing this. Yeah, I like Herschel Savage as a townie who wants a little more. It seemed like he only wanted her towards the end of the film, necessarily. Yeah. Uh, and was otherwise happy to just let her get raped. But <laughs> that aside, I thought it was nice. I enjoyed the, the multiple conflicts in the film. Yeah. Because there were more, I think, conflicts that occurred rather than like any central plot point right right but uh i enjoyed that in a way like there was the will they or won't they with paul thomas and those those dumb girls right (laughs) Uh, even though i think the result was never quite in question (laughs) uh enjoyed feisty veronica taking on a whole bar yeah uh, in a way (laughs) not the way i necessarily wanted to see but all the same. <laughs> uh, I thought the film was very well shot. Yeah. I will say that there's a lot of very nice, uh, especially the sex scenes. As I mentioned earlier, there's some very creative camera angles in them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially in the scene between Marcy and Paul Thomas's character, Greg. So I think they were on the pummel horse and they were on like the uneven or the parallel bars for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think there was like an upward shot where he's eating her out on those. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pretty good. They should have done more stuff like that in Physical Attraction, which was actually a movie about sports. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but they didn't. They did it here, and it worked out great. Not really any hard criticisms I have of the film. Yeah. I would say the music, if I had to make one, is kind of just Muzak for the most part during the sex scenes. It's not really there. Yeah. There's a couple interesting tunes through the film, but for the most part, it just kind of fades to the background in a way that I don't really care for. All in all, very solid film. Well worth watching. Make you feel good. I give it a four stars. All right. Yeah. Well, when it comes to summer camp girls, I'm largely in agreement. I think that, it was a fun way to end the summer, to say goodbye to the girls of the summer of 2021. Yeah, say goodbye to the boys of summer, the white boys of summer of 2021. <laughs> That's what this one was. That's oh, no. what they said. <laughs> <laughs> what? It was white boy summer. Oh, I didn't know that. That's what Tom Hanks uh dullard of a sunset (laughs) (laughs) oh okay uh well anyhow (laughs) i think that the sex in this film was pretty solid all across the board um i think that the performances were all good like some of the characters don't necessarily stand out from the pack right but all of the performances were good for what they were sure yeah I would say that I feel like the plot is kind of meandering. Definitely. That doesn't make it unpleasant to watch in any way. It just like, from an overall perspective. If you're trying to follow a thread, it gets a little dicey to be exactly what's happening. Because there's, there's like stakes to some of it, but there's not really, I guess, like an overall, like, there's multiple like clashes or, uh, like confrontations that occur. Yeah, different conflicts throughout yeah, the film. Yeah, different conflicts, but there's not really a central conflict to it. Right. Like Shauna Grant gets sent to bad girl camp by her rich dad and then she gets pounded by this townie and but because he's Catholic he gets to have a casino. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. <laughs> yeah. Um so it all works out, which is fine. Everyone loves a happy ending. <laughs> but yeah, I would say that there's not really like a central thread to the plot. Right. Overall, which uh, I would probably have given it like a 4.5 if the story had been just a little bit stronger because I really did enjoy this one throughout. Okay. Yeah. And I think that, you know, 
the girls and guys all do their job well throughout the film. Yeah. Laying pipe and taking names. <laughs> Laying pipe, taking names. The music was very middling, I would say. I just feel like, generally speaking, very few of the characters really have much development. And I think particularly Angela, who is kind of framed as the lead of the film. Yeah. She doesn't really have a plot thread other than she... What I ran over a minute ago. Right. More or less, yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, the closest thing that we have to character development is right at the end when she's doing her melodramatic monologue about the being tied up. Yeah. It's almost more Paul Thomas's movie. Right. It really is. <laughs> he gets, like, the character development early on, and he's, like, the only one who's like, I might lose my job. Yeah, he's he's actually got a fully developed plot thread through the film. Yeah. Maybe uh, it started out as a Paul Thomas-centric film that... It, it, got away as it went i don't know i don't know what happened maybe the the made men who made the film were like needs more italiano and, and throw in and throw in de mary we love a diversion i wish that we could properly communicate on the podcast through audio the hand gestures that you were doing while doing that they're, doing that impression they're, they're, impersonation yeah it was an impersonation of all Italians. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Uh, so all of that's to say, I give it a three and a half out of five. Sure. It's a, it's a solid film. People should check it out. I wouldn't necessarily put it at the top of the list, but, uh, you know, if you were, if you were making a list, it would show up and, uh, you should check it out. Let's talk about the weeks. <laughs> First comes Monday. Do the weeks have names? Um, you can name them. I'm going to come up with names for weeks. You should come up with... The days have names. The months have names. The weeks should have names. We would have to come up with 52 different names. All right. I'm gonna, maybe they go in a cycle. Maybe even like 53 because, you know, the way that like the first day could be... I don't know. I'm going to make a calendar. Okay. You tell them about what's coming up. Uh, well, the next five weeks, we have five weeks of fright coming back once again. Oh, yes. To uh, tantalize and terrify. Yes, indeed. Uh, five spooky weeks of the spookiest <laughs> porno uh, that we have access to, or yeah. at least feel like watching right now. Yeah. Well, there's only five of them. There's so many more. There are so many more. I've been waiting for so long to have a chance to dip back in yeah not that we can't not that we can't we haven't though we stayed pretty true the last horror content we had was like succula oh yeah and that's <laughs> a pretty low bar well that was pretty terrifying no it was terrible oh yeah there's a slight difference <laughs> but uh no no succula although we do have a, a vampiric tale coming very soon. Yeah, there's a vampire or two up our sleeve. Yes, at least one, if not multiple vampires. <laughs> They're all over the place. They're a very erotic creature. They really are. And so are ghouls and mummies and I don't even know what else we have. Lizard men? Probably. Piranhas? Mm, I don't know. They're not monsters and they're not erotic. <laughs> Anyway, five weeks of fright. Don't miss it. If you got friends you want to introduce to the show, this will probably be a good time to do it since it's kind of a, a crossover between the realms of horror and pornography. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think that's a good way to grab people sometimes. So get them in, hook them with a genre they know. Yeah, yeah. And we're going to get our hook into you, just like Herschel Savage almost did to that man earlier. <laughs> he had a farm hook. You forgot to mention it. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, shit, he's going to gut animal. <laughs> but he didn't. But maybe that'll happen during five weeks of fright. Maybe. You'll have to tune in to, to know. Yes. So, uh, in the meantime, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Raincoat Report, raincoatreport at gmail.com. If you've uh, unearthed a tomb and found pornography and you want to send it to us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, send us your... Your porno from the crypt. Yes. And we, when you're... we covet it. We'll read it. 
Yes, we will. Send us your erotic horror fan fiction. Your oh, favorites. Yeah. Send us your favorite cat ladies. <laughs> like the sexy ones at Halloween, not like the like the homeless woman like stereotype. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't send us those. Okay. Okay. Anything else they need to send you? No. Don't send me anything else. <laughs> okay. So, uh, thanks for listening. And if you're down in a tomb looking for pornography, don't forget your raincoat. Yeah. You're down in a tomb and you're plugging up a womb. Don't forget your raincoat. Bye. I'll tell you what. i give you a casino. A nice casino as a wedding present, huh? Oh, dear. <laughs>